0: Cheezies. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello, it is Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your place for the unfiltered experience with myself, Christopher Roush, and
1: Scott Goyette with Scott a Goyette. broken voice.
0: With the broken voice sounding all sexy and raspy. Oh, yeah. and you guys are at your place where we have unfiltered conversations designed to move you forward, increase your confidence level, your courage to go out there and crush life and have a kick ass time doing it. What's going on, Mr. Scott Goyette? How are you doing this evening?
1: Good, man. Just, uh, trying to be sexy you know i'm just doing my best trying to do this yeah. new voice thing it's not even i'm not even sick i'm just trying to do a thing
0: yeah you're just doing yeah. a thing
1: do you like well, i like thing?
0: it you got you got you got the hair going on yeah. you got the, thing you got, the got the style yeah. going on you're like hey what's up hey what's up christopher roush where you at today i will take care of you right now oh yeah Woo. oh yeah <laughs> uh, reminds me it reminds me of that comedian um uh, shit. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Jesus Christ. Um, the love master, uh, Craig, no, Craig Shoemaker. Yeah. Craig Shoemaker. Okay. You ever, there was a love master. He's like the whitest guy. And he goes into this black voice, like very, very white. And he's like, I all right. Love yeah. Master. I will. I'll stir your drink from here, baby.
1: He's been like, a long time, baby girl.
0: <laughs> <a long>
1: time. <laughs> Now I got uh, Led
0: Zeppelin. Now I got Led Zeppelin in my head. Mm, and long long
1: time. Long time. <laughs> so
0: ladies and gentlemen, this is the black t-shirt episode of the Unfiltered Experience, and we 100. appreciate you guys being here. And we're going to do a little commercial right here because our friends, our family, our dear sister from another Mr. Serena Bufalino, uh is uh, probably watching this episode. We just want to let her know that we support the organization. Of course, I'm on the board of directors for it. Help Heal Humanity. Go to www.helphealhumanity.org. If you dig this show, if you dig what Scott and I say and do every single week, we bring the value to you. We bring the content to you. Whatever it is that you could possibly do with your wallet or your volunteer time, we would appreciate it. Even just sharing the organization out on your social media would really appreciate uh, for us. Let us know when you do that so we can say thank you to you guys because helphealhumanity.org is a magnificent organization that is doing things all over the world. We built schools in Haiti. We uh, just got through doing a school program here in the United States. We got things coming up in Canada, food drives for the homeless in Hamilton, Ontario, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, Scott and I support this organization. We appreciate it if you would support it as well. And again, whatever it is that you do, if you could donate 10 bucks, donate 10 bucks because 100 people donate 10 bucks, you know what that means. So, we appreciate you guys doing that. It's kind of like your fee for watching this show and getting the value out of it that you probably have gotten so far. I think right now, Scott, we are on show number 83. 83 shows we've done just of the unfiltered experience and we did friday night live for i think probably about 60 or 70 shows i can't remember exactly how much so we've been rocking and roll in your lives so rock and roll the people over there at help heal humanity we appreciate it and tonight we don't have a guest and tonight we're talking about something that everybody struggles with letting go of control letting go of control so i'm going to ask you the first question mr scott what does control mean to you why do people need to be in control
1: it's a, it's a good question and there's a couple of words that i've always had issue with and two of them are the words pride and the word control and i think that they lead to a demise of you know to run off what we just talked about humanity you know how do we help humanity help heal humanity i would say and we don't have to go to the down the road of pride but when you release control and you release pride of things that aren't earned, just, you know, the way I look, the way I am, something that's inherited. There's, there's so many issues that come with that. So when I try to control and say, I want to, you know, make a certain amount of money, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And we just, we say it has to be this way and we have an attachment to that. Once you're attached to something, nothing good can come from that because there's going to be an organic detachment that's out of our control so control is an illusion and you know one of the things i like to do chris is i like to go through different religions different spiritualities mindsets and cherry pick them for the best messages and then organize my thoughts and live a better life with those messages and one of my favorite aspects of buddhism is without question just non-attachment so for me i think if anybody's listening to this if we have an opportunity in everything we do all day every day to say I am an observer in this space, not attached to anything. And I've tried to take it to a point of even and and I know this will blow your mind, too, because it blows my mind in saying it of even detaching from those I love. So imagine wow. saying don't be attached to Jackson. Don't be attached to Barb. Don't be attached to Kim or Kayla. It, it almost sounds batshit crazy. But when we observe and we love unconditionally without an actual attachment to that person, which is really our impact, like It's me on her or me on them. You know, when I just start to say I'm observing and loving and not attached. The universe does things for you that are going to make this a much better world. So hopefully that makes makes sense. And I'm losing my voice more. What do you think? What do you think, Chris? I'm trying my best here.
0: Yeah, no, no, I hear I what you're saying. What you're talking about there is expectations. Like I, have, I have a, mm-hmm. if I release my expectation about certain outcomes, then I won't feel disappointed. I won't feel frustrated. And I think a lot of what the control aspect comes up for me, I think about my mom. My mom always had to be in control and her way of being in control was raising her voice and and being mad and angry so that she had center stage, she had the floor and whatever she wanted, she got by raising her voice and being pissed off. I think about, you know, the the the, the need for control is, is like, you know, what you said, you know, a little bit fr- from pride. But from that egoic state like i won't be complete unless i have this expectation fulfilled so i need to control the outcomes and i've shared here on the show that previously um before meeting you and, and meeting you know sally and everybody else i needed to control situations for predictability for certainty for safety for comfort, comfort. and in, in in doing that and reading the michael singer books you know the un, uh, the untethered soul and the surrender experiment those two books really, like you said, you know, being the observer, he talks about that. He goes, you know, normally your thoughts are like, you think your thoughts are in your brain and you think you're your thoughts, he goes, but what happens if you just kind of just stick your, stick your head back and you go, wow, that's really interesting. Do I really need to be tied to that? And for me, it hasn't been perfect, but being able to do that in certain uh, situations where I feel like I need to control our outcome or I feel like I need that certainty or that validation, I sit there and I think that thought pops up and I'm like, wow, that's an interesting thought. Do I need to be tied to it? So I've been able, not perfectly, but I've been able to release control over those situations and go, what would happen if I knew that X, Y, and Z was going to happen six months from now or six weeks from now? How would I feel right now? If I knew certainty was down the road and God's source universe has always provided for me, all the different challenging situations in my life, it's always provided for me. I've always been successful in whatever it is I've done. I've gone through challenges. Yes, I go through challenges now, but if I had the perspective that life is happening for me and not to me, then how would I feel today? Because I'd see when people have that, that experience of control that they're 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 really living out of a state of fear and that was one of the things i wanted to ask you is has there been a time in your life which i'm sure there has where you had an expectation of control you had an expectation of certainty and then that didn't happen and it wound up teaching you a learning lesson
1: Uh, i mean yeah i mean we could do this all day long Mm -hmm. i'm going to give the easy one sometimes i like to go the deep one but the easiest one is falling through that glass table when i'm 19 years old i mean you talk about a just a complete 180 flip turnaround you know, I'm in the, the years of my life that just everything is flowing. Like I am in total control of my destiny. If I work hard, I can play two sports in college. Everything's in flow. Life is easy in the sense that the gifts that I've been giving, I'm maxing out. And so I'm sitting there on July 19th, 1991. And it's just everything's great. You know, I'm training my butt off. I'm working like crazy. I'm only 19 years old. You know, everything's actually 1990. because so I was 19 years old. Um, and so I'm just, everything is great. Like there's nothing wrong at all. And then out of nowhere, I go to see a friend. Long story short, I sit down at a table. It turns out it was glass. There's newspaper on top of that table. I sit down. It shatters. An eight inch piece of glass goes up into my body. I bleed out right there. Doctors save my life. End up, you know, I was supposed to be dead. You know, I, I'm dead on the table. Lost more than half my blood. They saved my life. I'm back. Here I am. My first questions were because, like, I thought I was in control of my destiny. You know, you got plenty of girlfriends. You're playing basketball and football. Everything's perfect. And now I'm like, is is my stuff gonna work? <laughs> and I, am I? Can I potentially have babies? Can I play basketball? Can I play football? And they're telling me, like, you know, they they're giving me these like fake hope stuff. Like, you know, we're we're gonna do our best. We think that you're gonna be okay. We'll see how everything goes. And then, as far as basketball and football, they're just like. You're not going to be able to you know, play competitive sports definitely not football you know if you get hit in the stomach we'll see about basketball in the future you know two months later i was playing college basketball and a few years later i, I was playing college football so i mean here's the thing it, it it knocked me in the face and i was like my life is over i'm totally out of control and then i regained control in many ways but it was just an illusion it's a second chance hard work comes into play. I was able to play basketball and I'm like, look at me, I'm amazing. No, I put the time and I put the effort in and things, the universe will support you and your efforts, but you are not the dictator. We, we create our reality, but there's still outside sources that will influence us because we're all co-creating our reality. And so a glass table incident could hit any of us right now. Someone could get cancer. Somebody could get hit by a car. Anything can happen. And what I can control is how we react to those situations. And so it's a very simple answer that's not easy. And when I go back to it, I'm like, damn, I don't want to do that again. But people ask me what was the most important day in my life. We've had this conversation on the show. Everyone thinks wedding, birth of your child. No, the day I fell through that glass table. Because it's easy to fall in love with the day I see my daughter for the first time or I see my wife walk down the aisle next to me. But falling through a glass table, you've got to do some deep interpretation and awakening. And that sucked. And that's why it was my favorite day and made me release control.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, what you said right there is, you know, the life will provide opportunities for us to readjust our perspectives. And that's what we do here on the show is always kind of just looking at how we can readjust our perspectives to see that those situations are really, there designed to provide us lessons and we can choose to have the idea that, okay, what lesson am I supposed to learn out of this? You could have easily said, Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to go do this. You chose to see the lesson that, but at the same time you chose not to listen necessarily to what they were saying. You sat there and you trusted yourself and you trusted your body to be able to move forward in a safe manner to be able to continue doing what you wanted to do, but you got that lesson out of that. My lesson, I I forgot to share this the other night. We were having this conversation a little bit and I started thinking about like different situations where my expectation of control didn't work out that way. And like I was thinking about a singular situation, but then it just dawned on me while you were talking, in my life, I've always had this tendency to want to control for other people. Like I'll see somebody who's hurting and somebody's going through something and I'll feel like, okay, I have the answers for this and I can control the situation. I can provide them the answers and they will get better. They, they take this advice. If they read these books, if they do these things, they will get better and change what's not working for them. And I've not been able to control that. When I thought about it, one of those situations was my mother you know, where I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about how their mother, you know, uh, committed suicide. And I was just like, wow. And I was just thinking back and they were alcoholics and all this other stuff. And I was thinking back, like, man, I was always trying to control my mom. I was always trying to get her to quit smoking. I was always trying to get her to be better with her relationships and all these things. Then I had to surrender. And that's one of the things I want to talk about in the show tonight. I had to surrender that control. And I had to sit there and say, whose life is it to live is it my life to live her life is it my responsibility to live her life or is it her responsibility to live her life and can i just be there for the journey can i actually release control and actually if that if that's what she so desires if she desires that car crash can i release control of that and i ultimately had to do that it took me many many years it took towards the end of her life where i just said you know what she's gonna smoke she's gonna do these things it's probably gonna happen i'll just be there for her and if she ever decides to change then i'll be that conduit for her to help her change but ultimately as we know she passed away and i helped to the last couple of weeks of her life i had to hold the cigarette for her i'm like really mom i have to fucking hold this goddamn thing while you're dying and I literally had to hold the cigarette because she couldn't, she didn't have enough strength to hold the cigarette anymore. And I, once I relinqu- relinquished that control, I found that my other relationships started improving. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit is when we think we want to control something, what does that do to our relationships? I mean, do you have any experience with that with maybe coaching clients or people in your life where you thought you wanted to control something and it ruined a relationship or tarnished a relationship?
1: So I'll, I'll use the direct analogy to coaching um you know and, and you you and i have talked about this too when i first got into coaching and i bet anything with you too because we've had the same conversation you get into coaching because you want to control others and control sounds like such a bad word it's like well i don't want to control them. i just want to help them i just want to see them succeed aka i want to control them. you know what i mean like why are you doing this what's wrong with you you could have it so much better if you just take this you'll be better You want to control situations because we're projecting We're like maybe if I can control them, I can control me because I feel out of control. And so what I found was at first with coaching, I am remotely intelligent enough to see solutions that would most likely help people. So in that I'm like, do this, do this, do this. And I wanted people to align to my perspectives, my viewpoints, my beliefs. I became a far better, I would even go as far as to say, extremely good coach. Once I just said, where are you going? Why do you want to be there? Let me be a mirror to you, help you to help you write your vision, your mission. And let me make sure that you're going there and support you in that journey. So now I'm handing you tools. You're saying I want to build a house like this. I'm going to say, what are you going to do about it? And I'm certainly no longer plugging in anything of my beliefs. That's why, Chris, you know, to the point, you know, some of my coaching groups have you know. It's almost like the joke, I've got a Muslim, a Jew and a Christian walk into a coaching group and then what do they do? They walk out happy. It's because we listen and we love and we're just saying we're on individual journeys, accepting that excitement. So to answer the question, I'd, I'd like to go there with it. Cause my, my biggest mistakes came from my own projection on others of me being out of control. And once I relinquished control personally and said, I'm gonna be in flow in the river, the exact same thing happened in my coaching style and they get it's night and day difference i could have given somebody a tool and walked them down a path now they're doing it on their own and they're just using me as a mirror and it's yeah. way more beautiful so what about you
0: the same thing i mean it literally took the words out of my mouth when i think about coaching and thinking about that that wanting to control the outcome like okay as long as i do x y and z the outcome will be this and then i will feel this so my expectation tied to the control based on the performance of that individual, that individual doesn't do what I want them to do or they decide to do something different and the outcome becomes differently, then I feel like it's my fault because the expectation didn't come out to be where it was. And that again, goes back to ego. So I think about how can we remove our ego from a lot of these situations and be able to sit there and be in that flow state, like you were saying, and, and kind of just, you know, get rid of the ultimate situation, which we're talking about is fear. Like, I'm afraid that if it doesn't work out this way, then I will feel this or I will be perceived as this. And I've had those situations I've had in my early in my coaching career. When I would give them the advice, they wouldn't take the advice and then they wouldn't, it wouldn't be successful for them. I would take it personal as a as a as a as a tick to my my ego. Like, what didn't I say right? What didn't I do right? And then as I've gotten older, I realized it's their journey. It's not, it's not my journey for them to have, it's not their time right now, maybe to learn that lesson. Maybe this time I planted seeds in order for them to maybe continue on their path. And then later on they're gonna reflect back and go, Oh yeah, I remember when Chris taught me that, when Chris taught me that. So now my my expectation is that I'm planting seeds. I may not particularly solve the situation for them at this particular moment if they're not ready. That's why I'm careful about who I choose as a coaching client, but ultimately like removing my ego from that situation and sitting there saying, okay, how can I be in service, right? I'm not gonna fix the situation, but how can I be in service for this individual? So perhaps maybe right now it changes or down the road it changes, but still I'm contributing to that fact. So being able to remove my ego hasn't been always the e- easiest because when we think about it, going back to the conditioning process that we experienced from zero to five, what is it that we experience? How are our parents? how are our parents parents in that situation? It all comes down the line so it's up to us and you guys out there in video land and podcast land to sit there and become aware of that the need for control. My question to you, Scott, is to think about how can we get people to be more aware that they're control freaks?
1: It's a good question. Um, I'm trying to so one of the things like I'll give an example to um one of the places where i still like i i totally am full of crap but i think i think the first thing we got to tell anybody always is awareness you know step into awareness awareness is step one of every, anything. so ask yourself some questions um do i always have to drive and that's the one i was going to lean into i always have to drive i have this illusion that no one can drive better and if there's a bad driver i'll do this superhero move and save everyone's life and i never let that one go um we were just having a conversation in our house like I, I was cooking something for the family and my daughter's like, you can only cook like three things good. I'm like three things, and so I listed like 50 things. And she's like, I guess you're good. And I'm like, and I was really mad. So I felt out of control. Like, I control great meals in our house, and i and I get like like literally offended, you know. And yeah. she was just like, well, I don't eat those things. That's why I didn't really know. Like, Dad, like you
0: make hot good. dogs, macaroni and cheese, and eggs.
1: No, I mean I cook. I mean I'm a really good cook. Like, but what it is is she. That's what she wants. She wants those three things. Oh, really? She eats. <laughs> yeah. So when I cook like like lavish meals or good meals. She doesn't want it. She doesn't want, you know, halibut like sliced up with feta cheese, you know, tomatoes and jalapenos. She's like, what is that? That's ridiculous. Wow. But my, so my point is like, I would not recognize that as control i'd say, no, no, no. I'm just providing a good time for people. Oh, I just want to make sure people are safe. Start asking yourself the questions. Are you doing a lot of the things a lot of the time, like you have certain roles and ask why are you doing that role? Is that, is that something that, you know, everyone's asking you to do or do you always just take that role? Like when we used to do in graduate school, I was always like, I'm presenting, I'm presenting. I don't give a shit who's in this group I'm presenting because I was good at that. And I decided no one else could be as good as me. And if you want to be in my group, I'm presenting. And so it was just weird. There's a lot of little things where I'm like, I'm doing this period. And so was that ego?
0: That was ego speaking then, right?
1: Yeah. And so I think there's a, there's a thing being honest with yourself if you're the best put it out there and say you know here's what I can do here whatever you know I'd love to drive them but maybe show them my my uh, progressive insurance that I haven't been in that many accidents that are my fault I don't know but but realistically yeah I think ask questions where are you doing the same things over and over why are you in that role? is it your choice or is it everybody got who elected you to do it if that makes any sense because mm-hmm. I see myself in a few places where I still want the illusion of control and certainty so that I can branch out elsewhere, so that I can live the life I'm preaching, there's a few things I still hold on to.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean? yeah. Totally, totally. Now, now, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the aspect of being able to, you know, really kind of redefine what we're afraid of and what, and, and you you touched on something there. When I think about it is comparison. Right. When we think we have to be in control, we have to we have to be in control so that we can predict the outcome, so that we can be egoic and be confident about ourselves. So and and part of that we do that is by comparing ourselves. Oh, is that person a better driver? Is that person a better cook? Is that person a better speaker? Is that person a better coach? Is that person? And we can we predict we 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 look at that and we have a comparison syndrome. So oh, as long as I do this, then I'm better than that person. And I think that's where it goes back to. We're all we're all the same. We're all more the same than we are different. And for me thinking about that is is really kind of identifying what the triggers are in my life, where I see that. And I find that most of the triggers come from situations where people remind me of my mother because my mother was so hard on me. And so like, Oh, you're a piece of shit. You're not very smart. You're stupid. And all these different things. So it's always been about validation for me. So operating out of that egoic standpoint, the predictability for certainty, safety and control. That's what the great Sally Anderson, as we both know, you know, coached me on way back when and said, Chris, you know, you got to get out of this, 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 this survivor mode. You know, you're in survival mode. You have to have everything planned out because you're afraid of not succeeding. You're afraid of not having that outcome. You're afraid of not having the the finances in your bank account. And so for me, releasing that control especially since leaving corporate back in November of 29 has been freaky, has been scary. I haven't made near as much money as I was making back in corporate. And some days I sit there and I think about it and I compare myself, not compare myself against other people, but I compare myself against my former self. And that's where the the negativity and the self-talk comes into play that doesn't doesn't bode well for myself. So I have to sit there and break that pattern. And that's one of the things I think for tonight is, you know, for people that we can give advice to is how can we break them out of that pattern? Like, first of all, you talked about awareness. What things can we do to help people become more aware in their journey that perhaps that maybe they need to get out of that ego mindset and, you know, just, just fall into the place of just being and being present in the moments.
1: I mean, there's an insanely simple answer and, and um, almost all answers are simple when you really get down to it. So the one thing that we don't like is the how is dictated by universe. So if we're plugged into this space from God, creator, universe, um, source, whatever you want to call it, that entity that consciousness is what's impacting the how of this video game if this video game this game this world that we're living in is ultimately created by that the layouts created so all the interactions and whatever are guided by that creation so how would we impact that potential how and we talk about it all the time you create a very solid why so imagine this I'm source and I'm creator, and I'm looking at all the fractals of me, my creation. Where are you going to apply the most effort, or where are you going to apply the the most energy? Those in alignment. And so, what do I mean by alignment? You come up with a great why. I've said mine a million times to empower those who are lost hope, lost those who have lost hope, and or are struggling to find their brilliance and share it with the world. So. If the universe and me are in alignment because I'm communicating and there's a conduit that's very clear, the universe is going to want to make me succeed because if the universe is creating and I'm supporting creators and finding their brilliance, don't you think the universe is going to give me a lot of energy and attention? Yeah. yeah. So ask yourself an honest question. Does my why plug into, you know, go read up on the universal laws. Does my why plug in to most likely what source would want to do? I'm literally saying source gave everyone brilliance. I'm going to find those people who are struggling and make sure they share that. How can I (laughs) fail? Do you see what I'm saying? The how is going to take care of itself. The irony is, even though I speak that, even though I know that, even though I watch it work, I still try to control shit. You know why? Back to your point. I, I, I get up here and I start thinking, thinking, thinking. And as soon as I step down into my heart and go, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I just kind of do something. I'm like, oh, universe created that. You dictated that. And it was always the right answer. So what I would start doing is say, get out of your mind, into your heart, create an effective why, a.k.a. vision a mission. And when you do that, the control will organically not be necessary. Control is a poor relationship with your mission or an unidentified why. That's what I got
0: for you. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love that. I think that, you know, in those situations for me, like thinking about that is is like going back to the why, but going back to the intentions. And I think, you know, one of the things why I think about in in my journey is thinking about surrendering. And like mm-hmm. when we think about the word surrender, I think you had mentioned it before, surrendering sounds like it's weak. Like, oh, if I surrender, you know, if I surrender the, the the game, then I lose and then lose has its own perspectives and and outcomes and and impacts on our ego state and everything else. But I think surrendering is one of the greatest things that we can do because we, we surrender that need for control and we're just in those moments and we're not pontificating about the past we're not playing monday morning quarterback we're not so worried about the future that we're we're not being present in these moments and i found that the people i've interviewed and talked to over the years who are much older than us you know they sit there and look back on their life they reflect on their life and we know the five regrets but they reflect being the fact that they feel like they never really truly lived their life they existed in their life they were successful in their life you know on paper and everything else but truly being there in the moments with their kids and i think about you know, from the aspect of me in control is when I think about Jackson, you know, five years old and I'm wanting to control his outcomes. I'm wanting to, like we were at karate yesterday and I'm wanting to control him. Like from across the room, I found myself getting angry. I'm like, come on, dude, you know, hit the bag harder and do all these things. I'm like, Chris, all you're going to do is like, fuck up your health, become mentally stressed out. When he comes, when he gets, when he comes back, when he's all done, you're going to be mean to him. You're gonna be like, come on, dude, you could have done this. And there's, you know, obviously points as a parent and as a guide, we have to be tougher on our kids to, to have them learn those lessons. But I sat there and yesterday and I was just like, I asked myself this question, what would it feel like if I just relaxed right now and enjoyed watching my son have this experience? And if he's going to get it, he's going to get it on his own time. And I, how can I, I'm not going to be able to control these outcomes. And if I try to be too controlling, I'm going to push him away. And that's one of the things I've seen in so many different relationships, especially the parent, you know, sibling or the parent child situation. The parents have been always trying to be so controlling. I want the kid to be in sports. I want the kid to do great in engineering. I want the kid to go follow my footsteps and become a doctor when the kid doesn't want to do that. And then they push them away. And then both people, both people are miserable. So I feel like it's really like getting back to that awareness is is, is going back to our values. And that's something we've talked about a lot on the show. We've talked about in the coaching programs is like, okay, what do I value most? What do I value most? Freedom, health, you know, all these different things. If we get real with our values, go back to those. And then when we're in those situations where we feel like we might be in our ego and we might be controlling something because we're afraid of the outcome, we're afraid our kid's not going to graduate karate. We are afraid, you know, our kid, whatever it might do. For me, it's about, you know, just identifying my value is that I want to be remembered as a great parent. I want to remember he's not going to remember what I tell him. He's going to remember how I make him feel. And so when I got into that place and I just relaxed, I was like, I looked at the other kids. I'm always focused on my kid, but I looked at the other kids and like the other kids are doing the same shit. So I'm like, it's natural, Chris, it's natural. The kids that have the yellow belts, they've been it longer, they're gonna do better. He's gonna get a yellow belt someday and he's gonna be in the same situation. Just enjoy the moment, Chris. It's not about your ego. It's not about trying to protect him. He's gonna learn the lessons he needs to learn when he needs to learn them. And you need to just shut the fuck up and be there for him when he falls down or when he's not successful and be there as a dad and a supportive dad. So for me, it's about you know being aware, but also identifying our values. And more importantly, is really looking at the people that we surround ourselves with. Right. We're like the five people that were around the most. So if we're around those people that are egoic and, and like, you know, comparing themselves to everybody. and Oh, you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to be this and you got to, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk of the world telling people what they need to do as opposed to just being and being there as a support system. I think that's one of the ways that we can really help the viewers and the, and the listeners, um, you know, become more centered and kind of release some of that need for control and just be present in the moment.
1: I love it. And there's something that you said that's so on point that I love that you do, and you've always been organically good at this, is ask a lot of questions. So one of the best ways, I would say, not telling you what you need to do, but what I observe is is a lot of questions for your kids. So you're in a place where you want to control. If you really, really think you need to lead them to a place, you know, sometimes you might be like, all right, they're going clearly the wrong way. You know, hey, why would you go that way? What are some other options? You know, whatever. But when I find myself getting like um, triggered or wanting to say something somebody needs to do, I, I really try to back up and ask questions in in like crucial moments. And if I do make a comment, I try to make sure that it's um, factual, but based like, hey, if this happens, sometimes the counter of this is you'll get hurt. Um, is there another option? Like I might throw a fact in the question and that will be with a friend, that will be in an argument on Facebook, that'll be, with a, you know, family member, I, I want to put something out there that if they really sit for a minute, they can look at fact and then there'll be a question, but not, you know what you need to do. Like when we're coaching, I always love saying that you it doesn't matter. They could love you and you could say the greatest thing. The minute I go, you know what you need to do? Mm-hmm. Your whole body goes. Defensiveness. Uh, you need oh, to like, what? Oops. Yeah. It's like it just feels nauseating. And so the best thing that we can always do as a lead, lead, somebody who's leading leader, is just be, just just be the change, be where we're at. You know, we always say like, you know, why do you do all this shit? This world sucks, you know, look at all these bad people. All right, well, just just be what you're saying you want to see. And this this really nice girl that I'm friends with on Facebook that was following Golov now, and she's had um, fibromyalgia, doesn't get out of the house a lot. Beautiful girl, and she's got all this stuff going on. And I was just like falling in love with listening to some of the things she's like when I get out and when I do get out some of the things she does, like how she treats people at restaurants. She's like, she's like, it's so sad for me. Not that I don't get to run around and play in the world. It's I don't get to be what I don't get to be the person in the world. That's making a difference by showing up. She's like, I tip, I converse. If somebody looks down, I talk to them and she's going through all the things that she's missing. And all she wants to do is be the change. And I'm like, that's so beautiful, and even in saying it, she's inspiring other people to do it. So by proxy, it's being done, and I'm like, that's the game right there. You know, be the player. You know, you don't don't be the victim. Don't be the savior. Play the game the best you can do, and people see you do it, and they'll they want to be part of it. Our kids, our friends, our cohorts, our Facebook buddies. Many of them mm-hmm. many, many don't want anything to do
0: with what we're saying. But <laughs> not really it's not, it's not their yeah. journey, but something we've been talking about, we haven't mentioned this word yet. And I was curious to see if it was going to come up. What do you think the word, what do you think trust has to do with control?
1: Oh, it's big. I mean, to your point of, you know, think of, you know, talking about like zero to two and then in zero to five, if you don't trust that you're safe and you don't trust your mom, you can love your mom and not trust her um not even in a bad way there might be places you trust if you don't trust then you're going to clean the control in a hurry yeah in a hurry you know um I'll, I'll go vulnerable transparent I was saying to, to Kim like we were, we we're going through some little you know growing pain stuff like within relationships where again we've been 20 something years but you have re-waves of stuff she's like you always ask me like 50 times you always ask me you'll say did you shut the garage and she'll say yes and I go Are you sure and she's like, yes. And then she gets real mad at me. And 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 then so we kind of went through why. And I said, a lot of times you answer me very quickly. And I know that you didn't totally even hear the question. And sometimes if I go out in the garage was open and my bike gets stolen, I'm going to be livid. So I'm going to ask twice, not because I want to do what? I want to control. I want to make sure my bike doesn't get stolen. So there's a, a clear interaction there. Like there's no doubt. And I see that in myself when things are going crazy. Okay, is the garage door shut? Um, I'm leaving. Is the back door open? You know, she says, I don't think so. I'm like, can you tell me? And I'm not being mean. I just, I want to feel that control because of what? I don't fully trust everything around me. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: I'm giving you some little micro examples that we see play out in the macro. I don't trust this political party. I don't do this. So what do we do? We create these illusions of control. So what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Because it's funny you ask that, because we've been going through little things where we can do internal work to better our relationship. And once we address those issues, guess what happens? Everything gets better. Like we remove some place of distrust, illusion of control and, you know, it's stuff that we should all be working on.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's magnificent. We were I was thinking about trust. And and when you were talking, I was like, that's a perfect example. And thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, number one, we got to trust ourselves. You know, we got to trust ourselves that no matter what's going to happen, we're going to be okay. And the word that comes to my mind is adaptability. And the other one comes to my mind is a flexibility. Like, am I going to be adaptable to something? If I have a certain expectation, it's good to have expectations to a certain extent. You want to have expectations. You build a plan around those expectations. You execute on the goals. And if it doesn't work, Can I be adaptable? Will I be flexible to the outcomes and be able to pivot and learn from those situations and be able to take that information and move it on in my life and potentially help other people? Yes or no? Absolutely. I can totally do that. So when I think about that and I think about some of the people who have had control issues and have been, quote, unquote, control freaks, their adaptability and their flexibility is almost non-existent because they're so rigid in the, the situations they have to be because they have to be in control. Like you said, to that point, you know, did I grow up in, a, in an environment where I trusted, where I was able to trust myself? Maybe I made a couple of mistakes and people you know, judged me and everything. So now my fear is that I'm going to be judged as a failure. I'm going to be judged based on my mistakes. But if I look back on my life and I just asked this question of somebody the other day who was really struggling, I said, when you look back on your life, I said, when did you learn the most? When you made mistakes and you failed or when everything was easy and good? And they thought about it for a minute, gave me a dirty look and they said, Well, I guess when things were bad, and I said, "Okay, what happened when those things didn't turn out to the way you expected, the way you wanted?" Did you trust yourself that you knew you were going to be able to handle those situations? Well, no, but now I kind of do. And I said, "Why?" Looking back on that, were you able to pivot? Were you able to be flexible? Yes. Okay. So, what would it look like if you if you started releasing some of that control in the future and knew that if something happened, that you were going to be able to be adaptable? You're going to be able to have uh, that flexibility to say, "Okay, it didn't go." this way? So what way is it supposed to go? And am I going to allow myself to go through that experience so that I can look back in five years and be able to say, wow, I'm glad I actually went through that because now it served me and it's served people in my life that I love. So I think about that, like trusting myself, will I be adaptable to those situations? Or is it that that rigidness, that fear that if I don't do it, then I'm going to be judged less than, or if I'm going to take it like totally personal. So for me, it's really about Like releasing that, but also trusting that the universe is doing what it needs to do for the situations where I need to learn. And I think we have a great example with um, the person that we were going to be interviewing on the show this week. Unfortunately, had something going on, Um, you know, adaptability. You know, he wasn't feeling well, went to the doctor and was like, holy shit, you know, I got something going on inside of me. The thing that changes everything is, is your attitude, your perspective about, okay, I got something going on. I'm not willing to necessarily say I'm going to claim this diagnosis. However, I'm going to claim the fact that I'm going to get through this and I'm going to bounce back and I'm going to be great. And I think that's most important really is what our attitude is going to be if something does go wrong. Are we going to be in a in a negative situation? Are we going to spiral? Or are we going to sit there and say, okay, wow, that's really interesting. What can I do to pivot from this? What do you What do you think?
1: so, you know, I always do when we have a guest, I do that point where I'm like, stop. This is what you to listen to. You know, as I'm listening to you speak it out, if there's anything to walk away with from this show is that that's really all of it because everything else is minutia. It doesn't matter. It's trusting yourself because here's the deal. We, we started the conversation talking about attachment. I was talking about the examples with Buddhism and other spiritualities. And I love the idea of non-attachment and observe. That's great and all. So the awareness to be the observer and not attach But then the key factor, the missing piece, the gold, the magic, that's trust. So you nailed it. If anyone is listening and wants to write down something right now, it's trust (laughs) because that's it. Yeah. So I I think at this point, if I'm thinking release and control, I really want to sit in that space. Do I trust myself? Do I trust myself and then extend? What do I always say? Extend the sense of self. Do I trust myself? So I do. Do I trust this vessel? Do I trust the spirit? Do I trust the extension of spirit, which includes source and everything that has been created? So if I trust in this universe, one verse, this one creation, if I trust in that, then I know I'm going to be okay if I don't attach. Because attaching is what makes me drown. So I think yeah. that's it. I, I think I think we can all just leave and go have a beer on this Friday night. I think everybody's going to be okay. You just got to trust. Just listen to yeah. Chris, trust. Don't attach. I mean, it's really... There's probably nothing else to say. We can keep going. It is. Yeah.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> No, the other, the other aspect of the conversation I wanted to bring up today is, is thinking about what's going on in the world around us and thinking about, you know, yeah. the the sense of divisiveness, the sense of, you know, I was just talking to my buddy Heath um, over in Massachusetts today and he's a former uh, police officer. Um, he's the uh, vice co-chair for the mayoral board in his town. And so he's involved in politics. You know, he's, he's seeing what's going on. I talked to him. I said, so, you know, with the Uvalde shooting, I said, what do you see? I said, the, the footage was just released the other day where you see the officers mm-hmm. in the hallway. You see the one fucker get hands sanitizer which i would like to pour hand sanitizer down his throat while these kids are getting shot and everything they actually said i don't know if you saw it did you see that yeah and they said they had to edit out the audio of the kids screaming and crying and i said what is your perspective about that and he goes he goes i said being an ex police officer i said what why did that happen and he said, purely, it was poor training. It was absolutely poor training. He talked about how he was actually an active shooter trainer. And he says, you know, what we did is we actually had mock drills. We had clay bullets. We had to wear bulletproof vests. We had to wear, um, uh, what's that What's that game you play with the, the paintball? You had to wear a paintball mask, had to wear a cup. But they did full-on shooting situations where they go into schools. They would use a school uh, during summertime. And so he talked about it, he goes, it's poor training and everything else, but he was talking about how mad it made him. And I said, you know, it's totally true. I said, because everything out in the media right now, we're, we're getting mad because we're not able to control what the other person's thinking. We, I even joked around, we talked about the the new telescope, I guess that's out there. I can't remember the name yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about, um, all that different stuff and like the flat earthers, that was the other thing we were, we were joking around about and, you know, seeing that But the point that he made, which I thought was really good, considering how angry he was, he goes, we're not going to change anybody else's mind. The thing that we need to do is we need to release control over the fact that other people are going to have difference of opinions. And what can we do to try to meet in the middle? And he was talking about, you know, the parades in this town are very left oriented. And he goes, I went to a couple of towns over and there was like a, a Republican float. Then there was a Democrat float and everybody's cheering for everybody. And I said, you know, what do you think we can do as a society to release some of that control that, you know, we want other people to think like us, but they won't. And I know that you've publicly said you've had challenges here. I've had challenges with my own, my own situation here with my wife. She's very much like those fuckers need to die. I don't care what they think. I don't care where they're at the 90 other percent of their time. If they believe in this, they're 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 not good. And so, what are you what are your recommendations for us to kind of like sit there and, and take a step back? Cause I know you've been doing a really good job on that. What are some situations you think that we can do to to release that control of that expectation of other people trying to be like us? I guess yeah,
1: perfect. Perfect. If that makes sense. No, it's it's total sense. And uh, and you've even watching me do it through social media, because I, I really stepped away from making comments on spaces that it, there's just no. All we're doing is entrenching a person further and further in their thoughts by giving them an opposite point of view without not even with great um, facts because there, people aren't listening to facts. So you're wasting your time now. Here's what I've done. And, and th- this is actually a beautiful question because I've been trying to, like, frame it in my own mind. I'm not going to try to change other people. I'm going to lead by example. I will be cautious of how I use my voice and when I use my voice. And here is how I make a decision whether to use my voice or not. The minute I see something from a person who has other people who are following them that could hurt other people. Yes. So a comment, you know, saying, you know, God hates transgenders. If I see that and I see people following, I'm going to go in and I'm going to make a lot of comments and I'm going to attack people with love. But I'm going to say when somebody kills themselves, this is on you. So if you're telling me that you say that you're following Jesus, this is not what Jesus would do. So that's bullshit. So what I do is I will listen. I will listen. I will find common ground until somebody's going to get hurt. And so that's where I'm at. So that's really it is I'm going to spend more time sharpening you know, my tools, being the best Scott possible, so people can look at me and say, hey, he's walking the walk. And you saw it. You, you're seeing people say it in the thread. Yeah. People going, I was expecting just something different, and this has all changed. And, and, and I, I, there's certain people you'll see, oh, I'm surprised you didn't say more. Just know I know that person, and I know when to speak and when not to speak. Do I have a chance of getting them to think more, or is this going to entrench them? So sometimes you might be like, I'm surprised you didn't say something on that it's it's me starting to be even more in tune with source and knowing when and where to shut up in fact source even took my voice away for a few days because maybe <laughs> i was saying too much and said get back in your heart and i'm like all right mm-hmm.
0: and so
1: i think it's all with great intention. source is us and um i'm listening and I think what has that
0: done the- for your stress level
1: very, very interesting, too, because it it really goes down. Like I'll I'll, I'll get so, you know, you know what stress is. I mean, it's, it's a high level of beta. So I'll get into high beta and I'll be in that space. And then I'll intentionally put myself through meditation and alpha, theta. Um, I'm still able to sleep, whatever. So stress reduction is down. I intentionally accept the stress for moments where I want to be in a beta state to to articulate what I'm saying. Um, maybe there's a better way. Maybe I should be in an alpha state and almost. It's reduced it. I'm just thinking out loud. It's reduced I it. See. I mean, man, there's a lot going on. You, you saw some of these posts that I'm talking about. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's, it's like, where did you come from? Where, where what part of the world did you come from? And that you're right. You're not going to change batshit crazy. You're not going to change that. But I think it's a great point to lead with love and to be able to to ask those probing questions as opposed to attacking. Because like we said before, as soon as I sit there and say you should or you're not, then what's that person going to do? They're going to go into that defensive mode. I have to protect myself. And if we can we can reduce that and get to a place where we can actually have communication actually be able to um you know ask them those questions and, and be able to raise those awarenesses then we take the monkey off our back and we put it on their back and we get to walk away fat and happy and they're the ones that are sitting there going "Shit, what did you just make me think about
1: yeah and, and i love like when you use certain words where people aren't really understand the words i will just say this comment or comments like these are ignorant And the reason being is because, and I'll explain, so I'm not attaching it to the person saying, you're an idiot. I'm saying comments like these are ignorant. That means you're ignoring additional facts and laying things out there that are absolute bullshit. So in doing that, if you read it, sometimes people are like answering it wrong. Like they're getting offended and going, you're telling me I'm this. I go, never said that. And then the most contradictory person to my belief system, if you look at the end of that conversation, it was very interesting. I was reading her up, her upbringing back. I could totally see how she's where she at. She yeah. said, we are never going to get to a point to agree. And I said, I respect your values. Thanks for realizing that. And I just said, I hope you do amazing life. Be well. And that was literally the last ending. And it was really coming from that space. And we both were like, yeah, you're not the one that either of us are going to change. Like, neither one is going nowhere. So right. to this point, there was there was love there. Like, I'm right. looking at this person thinking, You are a massive part of the problem in this world, but she still recognized love. And I knew that she wasn't doing it with actual animosity like many. And I was like, this is how the discourse should go right here. Go look look at the end. It was, I actually kind of wanted to give her a hug and and I can't stand her as far as belief system, (laughs) but I have nothing against her. I'm looking at what she's done. I'm like, totally see how you got there. Yep. So
0: and I think, I think that's the important thing is love. And that's something that I would not have subscribed to much, you know, five, 10 years before I'd be like, fuck, what does love have to do? It, with that? I don't give a shit about love. <laughs> it's all about, it's all about plan, ABCD, like predictability, everything yeah. else. But I think that to your point, I think that's true because like watching that video of Uvalde and seeing the guy put the hand sanitizer, I want, I'd literally, like, I literally, like I just said before, I want to pour hand sanitizer down his throat, but at the same time thinking about what you have said and what some of my other mentors have said, like, can you send that person love can you imagine what that person's feeling and thinking right now that they oh were not God. able to go in there and save those kids yeah. that guy is beating himself up worse than you could ever physically beat him up he would probably appreciate you kicking his ass because his own thoughts and his fear of even going outside because all these parents are potentially he's getting it he's he's getting it up the ass and backwards and forwards can I send him love instead of like being so mad at him for not acting with what would I do in that situation? If somebody was in there and thinking, Holy shit, if I go in there, I might get killed. I might not go home and see my kids tonight. Maybe I didn't have the greatest training. If I could send him love, then immediately I just feel that sense of release, you know, instead of being so mad and so angry and so wanting to, to put harm on him, God source universe doesn't want me to be that type of soul. He wants me to go love now.
1: Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Um, you know, to the point we always talk about autopilot. Yeah. I literally think not just the, the poor, the poor training creates a better autopilot because then you walk in your autopilot is, you know, well-trained police officer. (laughs) I literally think much more than that. Everybody has a different fair response and the guy's literally crap in his pants. And what have we been doing? Um, this, this, okay. Am I like, it actually doesn't sound like that crazy. You know, it really doesn't. It, 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 it sucks. And I want to say there's no way I would do that. And I doubt I would, but shit, crazier things have happened. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you asked the question this week, you know, talk about your mistakes more than you what you learned from them. Stop denying them. Could have been any of us. You know, I don't I don't yeah. I, I, I I I can doubt it and it doesn't make sense to me. I'm just glad I didn't have to be there. Actually, I'm not. I wish I was there. Could have done something, but I don't. It sucks.
0: Mm-hmm. It just sucks yeah it's a horrible situation but i think the last thing i want to talk about you know speaking about love is i think you know going back to that trust component which i think is important is you know thinking about the conversations that i've had over the last 2 years in asking people like do you love yourself yes or no and being on these zoom calls with them and having them go and seeing people struggle with the fact that do you love yourself? Yes or no. If you don't love yourself, then what is the probability that you're going to need to be in control because you're so afraid that you don't even love yourself, that you need the validation and the acceptance from so many other people that you're not even getting from yourself. So I think for tonight, letting people know that, you got to love yourself, ladies and gentlemen, you got to take care of yourself. You know, people are stressed out because they don't get sleep. They're stressed out because they're not eating properly. They're stressed out because they're not, they're not exercising. They're stressed out because they're not hydrating. They're stressed out because they're watching the news they're stressed out because they're hanging out with people who think like them. And you get the group thinking they're, they're egging everybody on. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And there's just feeling like this amount of pressure that, Oh, the only thing that I have is certainty. If I can predict certainty, then I'm going to be comfortable and then I'm going to be okay. So I think the the self-love aspect of it is is massive what do you think
1: uh, you know my head yeah, you don't that, that, Of course, <laughs> yeah, love yeah.
0: now right behind you baby
1: self-love man i mean it, and, and then extend the sense of self you know love myself enough as an individual to find my brilliance and share it with the world and then learn to love the world that i'm sharing that brilliance with even including that woman that and, and i'm being very honest with you like I'm, I'm mad at her because we we went awry and there's people who are looking out there for all the answers when they're all inside so i'm mad but i'm not mad at her i'm mad at the system i'm mad at the extended sense of self and i want to heal that and how can i heal that i'm part of self so i heal me so Mm -hmm. i love her i'm irritated with her but i'm really just irritated with what's going on yeah and and that's it and once you come down a notch and you get to that space and, and you learn to not emotionally attach to every single incident the world becomes a better place and i'm not saying it's not it's it's easy because no. you know, i fail often We'd but i will say it's worth it yeah That's all I can it do is
0: me. yep i think it's a beautiful way to end the show mr scott goyette beautiful conversation sure. about letting control any final thoughts you can think of to surmise to to um uh, surmise to uh summarize I'm Like, <laughs> what the fuck word is it summarize word. what it is, what it is that we've been talking about because you always do such a great job of of wrapping things up
1: well, actually, surmise would be a shortened version of summarize. So it would actually be a summarization. You could just say surmise. I'm going to go with it. Okay, go here's with my surmise. Well, Here's my surmise, surmise. My surmise of today's show is Chris nailed it. Okay. We started the show. We talked, talked about not attaching. So be the observer of this existence. All these things you want to attach to. Remember something that we didn't even get into, but I want you to think about this now. When you go to Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, whichever one you think is the devil, you know, when whatever you're seeing, you see them saying something that triggers the hell out of you. Remember, those words are literally being put into your mind to trigger you. So you get out of that state of wanting to surrender and you try to control something you can't. So it's literally created so that you lose control. Control in actuality comes through surrender surrender is going back into the self so what i would do is i would do what chris said trust that you are enough love yourself enough to know that you can do the things you want to do in this world and you can find your brilliance and share it with all and you can do that and you can do that starting right now and i would go love now
0: yeah yeah you can go do that (laughs) absolutely
1: this is my voice
0: it was a beautiful summarization. I appreciate it. And Ladies and oh, gentlemen, yes. boys and girls, thank you guys for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. Put those comments in there. Put the questions in there. We'll be able to answer those for you. We appreciate you guys being here. If you're not part of the family on the Facebook community, go to www.theunfilteredexperience.com experience.com. Go there, join the Facebook community. Let us know what you want to see. Let us know potentially any guests you've heard on other podcasts that you think would be great on this particular podcast. We would love to have those introductions and any types of topics that are bugging you right now, the challenges that you have going on in your life. You literally have two amazing coaches here that come here every single week who are looking to answer your questions. So if you have something that's going on, something that's challenging you, reach out to us, reach out to us privately, whether you know Scott, whether you know myself, whether you know both of us, reach out to us, join the Facebook community because we're all about impact we're all about like we said at the top of the show like help heal humanity we're all about helping heal humanity together walking this path together learning and growing from one another seeing the differences seeing the seeing the 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 the, the fuck this opposite from differences the similarities this the similarities i can't think of the go. word the similarities. We're getting older,
1: at, Chris. We're getting older. <laughs> right?
0: the similarities. Let's look for the similarities and everything. And please take to heart the stuff that we said here in, in today's podcast. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the private message. Let us know in the Facebook community what it is that impacted you the most. We appreciate you. We love you guys. We're going to see you every Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We love you guys. Go out there be brilliant. And we'll see you here next time on the Unfiltered Experience. Love you guys.